time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of After the Dead. The Walking Dead episode 1002 is in the books, and we're going to break it down with all of that expert insight, intel, and every drop of enthusiasm you come to After the Dead for. I am Brandon Davis. My friends call me BD, and I am joined, as always, by none other than Janelle Wheeler. Hello, everybody. Very excited to be here. This is really cool. We are a podcast. Oh, my God. We can, like, I, I can honestly say I'm I'm a podcast host. Yeah. This what, is really what exciting. What can't you do? There's nothing. <clears throat> and math. also... I'm really bad at math. Sorry, I hesitated. <laughs> I'm really, really bad at math. Also here uh, is Charlie Ridgely. Hello. Charlie's a longtime Walking Dead fan. He goes in and out of the fandom. He's pretty honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I dip in and out. I finally caught up on Walking Dead, though, and it's, it's better than it's been in... Seven years? I years. feel like everyone Seven. should watch The Walking Dead episode no, no, no. with you. I think that's, a, that's aggressive. I think the show maybe had a lull, but not for seven years. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, big, I'm, I'm a Darabont purist, so the first two seasons wow. are, are big to me. Wow. Yeah. The show's great now, that's the point. You can it's send him now. your thoughts on hashtag After the Dead. Uh, episode 1002, it was all about the Whisperers. It was more or less a bottle episode of sorts, but it was kind of like two bottles, because one was in the past, one was in the present. So we were double fisting with those bottles. I'll allow it. Uh, immediate reaction to the episode before we dive in. I'll start. Uh, I thought this episode was great. I think this is the episode one, the season 10 premiere was really good, and this episode was better. Both were directed by Greg Nicotero, who I think probably had more fun with this episode because I know he loves doing the, the gags and the blood and the gore and the horror elements, and having a guy at the end of a hallway with a machete and a mask on uh, is very horror genre uh, heavy, and I know that was pretty cool, but I, it was cool to kind of unmask the Whisperers a little bit. And uh, I wish that, we were talking about this before we started recording, that the show had these characters back when 17 million people were watching because more people would be here and it would be more fun for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the show's so good, but there's just no way to get that many people watching again. It's too late. But it's great. It's, it's the best it's been in years. Uh, how many years? We'll leave that up for debate. But it's, I think so. Anyway, your reactions? Uh, I was just blown away. I love getting backstories. I've always loved those. And I know some, some of the fans don't really like to have the origin stories. But just seeing uh, Alpha and Beta meet, um, seeing Alpha when she was kind of like transitioning Lydia from, you know, sweet daughter to you know, a whisperer. It was just really cool. I loved it. I was freaking out the whole time. There were many times that I had to like cover my eyes because of the gore. And I mm. missed that on the show. I love having to uh, get sick during The Walking Dead. And it was great. I loved it. R.I.P. Glenn. Charlie? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I also, I, I really enjoyed it. And it was, um, it, it was, you talk about bottle episodes. Like some of my favorite episodes of The Walking Dead are bottle episodes, but also some of my least favorite and some of what I think are the worst episodes of The Walking Dead are bottle episodes. And the show's really had an inconsistent track record 
with doing those. And I think this was, this was definitely on the upper end of, of those, those bottle episodes. Um, I really enjoyed the pace. I loved the, the so well written this episode and it was really gory and really Nicotero, uh, in that way. And I mean, I'm a huge sons of anarchy fan. And so to see mm-hmm. Ryan Hurst, you know, get to really play and explore and, and, and do deeper things. Yeah. It was really fun to, to watch him in that role. We have a lot to talk about, about Ryan Hurst and his beta character. We're going to do that. Uh, but speak, real quick, before we take a, a quick break, the, the, um, I forgot what I was going to say. You were talking. What did you say? I totally about the bottle mind. episodes. Oh, the bottle episodes. Yeah, yeah the bottle episodes. Uh, the I feel like bottle episodes weren't always bad. Like the governor had a bottle episode, right, and that was so entertaining. Bad. But hold on, I, I, I want to on three. We didn't rehearse this. I want to see if this works. And this isn't the character's fault, but I want to on three see if we all name the same character who was at the forefront of the worst bottle episode ever. Okay. All right. Ready. One, two, three. Morgan. Tara. Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> like Charlie it. The best I didn't one. like it. I hated uh, the it. Morgan episode. The Morgan oh. I didn't goat? like it. Oh, that's the best. Until episode. Eastman got bit in the back. Like the wait, Eastman why episode. Did you, but so I was, why did you get bit I, like that, bro? I don't know. I love that's Eastman so episode. funny. Tara's can, can I be really honest? Can I be really honest? I completely forgot about her episode. Yeah, that's, that's how bad why. It was. That was. It's but that also, bad I like going back to season seven, had that story had season seven not been a series of bottle episodes and they all kind of happened at the same time and AMC wasn't afraid to ask their actors to work for consecutive weeks and actually paid people to do it well, like well enough that they wouldn't mind. He said it. Then it would have been okay. But that story ended up being really frustrating because it was episode six of a season that was already moving slowly. It, it was two and a half seasons after you had a mini season of bottle episodes in, in the lead up to um, – Terminus. Terminus, yeah. Yep. Well, and, and it was like, you know, those were great bottle episodes. I'm just glad we're on the same great. page. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. <laughs> right. uh, you're going to hear a message from another cool podcast, I think, or whatever happens here. Uh, and then we'll be right back. See you in a sec. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. We're back on After the Dead. I'm Brandon Davis, joined by Janelle Wheeler and Charlie Ridgely. Uh, we're breaking down episode 1002 of The Walking Dead. Alpha and Beta met in this episode, and I thought it was cool to see that. We never really got to explore this in the comics. We had hints of it, but never this sort of backstory that, that we got in episode 1002. Um, it, all, it started with a random woman getting eaten by zombies, which was cool because it's been a while since we've seen that. I think she needs her own spinoff show because it seems like everybody gets a spinoff now. Uh, how'd she get there? What did she do? Uh, where are her kids? Where's her husband? Was she alone the whole time? I have so many questions. How I was devastated. She, I want to know how she got in that wreck. Yeah, how'd she get in the car crash? Uh, was that the sanctuary? Why did she crawl into the car like a moron? Because it was, maybe that was an episode one Easter egg, Rick Under the Tank. I don't know. That's what. Well, I, it was I, early I on in the apocalypse. People were very um, unfamiliar with how to navigate. I don't know. It should have been like three years in, I guess. I don't know. It said seven years ago. We don't know how many years have passed. Yeah. 
It's been a while. There's a time jump. Then there was the actual events of the series, which were multiple. I don't even know how many times. (laughs) I love that we're taking so much uh, care thinking about this woman in the car. Yeah, well, she's great. Listen, I watched her get her nose ripped off. That's a terrible. (laughs) So did Lydia, and Uh, that was a problem. Lydia didn't enjoy that, so they went into this little, I'm pretty sure that was a remastered version of the Sanctuary set. Uh, It was just supposed to be like, I don't know, a warehouse or a hospital or something, a mental hospital. I don't. I I loved that. I thought the mental hospital was was terrifying, awesome. I expect to see that at Halloween Horror Nights. They have the Walking Dead Haunted Mansion sometimes at Universal. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So cool. Um, But between Alpha meeting Beta and the the tension that was in that scene and that woman getting getting eaten felt like classic Walking Dead to me. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Do you, I, I like getting back to that. I, yeah, how, when's the last the time we saw someone that, get ripped apart show, by zombies? That's the show we fell in love with. Like we, we, when this show came on, like we loved having a horror series that was so different than everything else on TV. Like it was gruesome at times. It made you want to look away, but you couldn't look away because it was so good. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it was a, it was a zombie show. And yeah, that we have so much more about the people now. And at the core of the show was always the family and the, and the group. But it it was shocking, weird, crazy, unseen television. And I think that for a long time, the show kind of got away from that. Not that Mm. everything needs to shock you, Mm -hmm. but, you know, stylistically, it moved away from what it was. Personally speaking, I never watched horror movies. I was very afraid. I I hated blood and guts, even like anything. And then this show came out, and that was my start. That was my start Mm. to horror and just gruesome stuff. And it was cool. I remember watching the my first life. episode when Rick shoots that little zombie girl and thinking that was heavy, like being like, yeah. ooh, and uh. then here I am seven years later watching a guy's eye pop out at a baseball And, and really, I, think, <laughs> I, I honestly think that that's the point that it, that's the point that it, it turned. Yeah. When we saw Glenn, when Negan did what Negan did, uh, as much as I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like when that took off, it really like, they just like, we don't know where, how to go up from here. We don't know how to, how to, I think Gimple had a really hard time elevating it and changing it and evolving it from there. And it kind of entered that law for the last couple of years. Yeah, season seven was interesting, to to say the least. <laughs> um, but then we I, I, let's talk about Ryan Hurst Beta. I know Charlie is a huge Ryan Hurst fan. That was your first interview ever, right? Your first, uh, in person. One of my, it was one of my first. It was that at first, um, right after I got hired here, we went to uh, to an event uh, in Atlanta, and I got to meet Ryan Hurst, which was like one of my heroes at the time. Yeah, That's and that awesome. was like the coolest cloud nine thing for me. You he's know, a like big just fella. Starting out. Yeah. He's how, a large, how was it? Like, oh, how did it go? Oh, he was the sweetest guy in the world, but it was like, he's, you know, a full foot taller than me almost. That's so like, not awesome. quite because then he'd be a seven foot tall. He's man. like six, <laughs> six and not just six, tall, seven. but mm. very, very like you see him physically imposing on the show. And that's, how big he really is in real life. It's like, like it's not, is Alpha just tiny or is he giant? Now we know he's, he's just, just giant. <laughs> man, the more it's kind of normal size. Yeah, yeah. he's he's tall. A, he's a yeah, no, that's Gary know. Bertier from Remember the Titans. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, that's my linebacker. Awesome. Opie Winston, man, Oof. forever. Um, but okay, so there's a big theory uh, about Beta that I feel like it wasn't confirmed in this episode, but it's really fueling it. Um, I th- in the comics, Beta is a former basketball player, which could make sense because he's a giant dude and he's just massive and he would mm-hmm. be famous and that might be why he wears a mask. But right off the bat, when Alpha and Beta meet in this episode, he's wearing a mask. No particular reason. He's just wearing a mask. He's not robbing a place. He's not hiding, you know. Um, so why is he wearing that mask? I think it's because he's famous. Uh, and I think he, and he's not a basketball player in this. I think he is a musician. Uh, and there are a couple so of cool. reasons. So... In this episode, it, it first this started on Fear of the Walking Dead, 
there was an album cover that Daniel Salazar was covering. He dropped it. We saw it really quickly, and it had a guy wearing a cowboy hat, kind of covering his face, but it had the beard and the hair, and it looked a lot like Ryan Hurst. And that person is 100%. It looked a lot like Ryan Hurst. Also, Ryan Hurst favorited my tweet about that theory. Oh, snap. Or not my tweet. Somebody screenshot my article or my tweet or something, and he favorited that. So it was like, oh, he knows about it at least. And then in tonight's episode... um, we had Beta tell Alpha to stop singing. He doesn't want to hear songs ever. The only sound he never wants to hear end is the sound of the dead because music pisses him off. He had pictures of himself with the face scratched out. Alpha saw his face in the episode, and she gave a look like, oh, that makes sense. And so, right? mm-hmm. like she, so Lydia, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Lydia saw it too. Yeah, And they were kind of like, Ah, uh, that's why you're wearing a mask. And they're southern, and the cowboy hat, yeah, right, right, and he would be a country, country music singer. Music. She would be jamming out with a red solo cup uh, on the weekends Alpha. before the apocalypse to his music. Alpha was humming "Walking After Midnight" by Patsy Cline, mm-hmm. and I was digging that. It was oh, that's such a good song because they're how does that song? Walking. I didn't know that song. <coughs> how does that song go? I go out you know, walking after midnight. In the moonlight. It's so good. And but we didn't it, have to pay for that show. Dude, it is <laughs> it is really, really such a good song. If you actually Google the lyrics and you look up all the lyrics from the song, you're like, oh my God, I have goosebumps because it's like creepy if you think about it in like the Walker sense. So it makes yeah. perfect sense for Beta to be a musician. Yeah, He's mm-hmm. hiding his face because he's famous, which I don't really, you know, it's the apocalypse. I think there's matter. something to do with, with the partner too. Um, I think they say, like, he's like, oh, you know, then I have to leave him. Um, oh, like a bandmate. I think it was. Yeah, like, I, I think a producer oh. or a band, or a duo. Or See, like I was thinking like brother, but together. I mean, it might have been brothers yeah, too. Yeah, like, no, I like that idea. They made music together, and um, you know, that was his like that. Why I don't want to hear music anymore. Like music's dead to me. I want, all I want to hear is the sound of the dead. Yeah, because there is his partner or brother, or whatever, making the sounds of the dead. And, Whoa! And he's wearing he's wearing his t shirt and his face and hair, uh, as we learned. And so I think there's something deeper with that that we'll explore later but I really like that they didn't like they didn't go too far into it they left it they gave us some yeah. closure but really like kind of kept that carrot in, yep. in front of maybe him. he's a rapper he's got gold teeth that too <laughs> he, he's, some, he's somewhere in the hip hop scene in the it's country actually scene. Chris Stapleton in you know the there is hip hop oh, you know what hip hop is right mm-hmm. that's the country hip hop yeah, it's, it's a wow. country music rap whole yeah. genre oh yeah I'm not touching that. <laughs> uh, that but also the story, the, the story uh, in the present timeline was fueled by Gamma, who's played by Thora Birch, who if you're like, oh, she looks so familiar. Yeah, that's because she was in Hocus Pocus and we all saw that. So cool. uh, but good to see people uh, coming back into the forefront. Um, but it was a cool story. It tied back to the episode where Daryl went up to the front of the hilltop. They, uh, Lauren Ridloff, Connie, took the baby. And that scene was really cool. I remember, I remember that was one of my favorite scenes when they played with her being deaf in the cornfield and not knowing That's where the zombies so were coming crazy. from. Um, but so it tied back to that. Gamma's sister, unnamed, was the woman who gave up the baby. She wasn't really okay with it. Uh, and as a result, started freaking out. And it, <laughs> But it, it also kind of showed that some of the people in The Whisperers have a sense of humanity, including Alpha. But first, I mean, Gamma didn't have that sense. Which is crazy. Like, it was just, she really is ruthless and barbaric to the point where she will pull her sister off of Alpha, throw her under a herd of walkers in order to protect her leader. Yeah. It's crazy how uh, loyal some people become to their abusive captor. (laughs) But also, Alpha showed mercy. I know. Well, Alpha is going through some stuff. And that's Alpha's always been uh, merciful. 
and I think that Lydia is a clear weakness to her. I mean, she's merciful in the sense of her daughter. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the yeah. only and, regard. And she did cut off nine first heads. girl. Yeah, she could not. Like she, I think it reminded her of her daughter. Yeah, because the, the girl had weaknesses the same way Lydia did. Yeah, and it really like she saw that and she noticed it, and that's why she didn't let anyone anyone kill the girl because she's like this. I think she saw this as her second chance with Lydia, and then the, then the girl did what she did, and then now she's left with Gamma, who is more like Beta than than like her. Yeah, and this, I mean, it like absolutely her. ties back to Lydia because if you go you go back to last season when. That woman, uh, what did she do to get her head cut off? I, I don't remember what she did. It was uh, something not even close. She so. just kind of questioned Alpha, yeah. right? Yeah. And, her bo- and like had her boyfriend there or something. And then she questioned Alpha. about leaving, I Didn't think. cost people their lives. Didn't yeah. do anything like that. And Alpha cut her head off right there mm-hmm. just to make, to make a point. And then meanwhile, when Alpha can relate to this woman who lost a kid, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you get a pass. And Beta's like, oh, excuse me. Yeah. But uh, I thought that's interesting that they're really it's, humanizing yeah. Alpha a bit. She's still the villain of the show. Yeah. You know, she's not doing good things to people. But it's interesting. This is, I feel like this is what they tried to do with Negan. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really work that well. You still had, you, most people and, were like, he's. Negan was so funny too. It was a very weird dynamic because his comedy was always at the forefront. But this kind of gives yeah. you an opportunity to dive in and it never makes you feel like. You never root for Alpha, really, but you you empathize and you feel sure what Alpha's yeah. feeling. And it, it's really, I mean, already one of the deeper villains, if not the deepest villain. That's why I, in the Walking Dead. I'm telling you, I wish I, I think had Alpha been the villain when 17 million people were watching, ratings would still be going up. Yeah, this it's she's so good. Samantha Morton is so good. The Whispers are so interesting. In the in the comic, I mean, part of it was because of the launch of the show, but the sales for the comic were as you know just as great as ever when. The whispers were introduced, and part of that was because the show was going on and people yeah. were paying attention. It's always but, hard yeah. to tell that. It's always hard to separate that. But yeah, you're, right. You know, it, it, yeah. that was the peak of of the comic, and everyone was paying attention. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, I do have one question though. Why do the whispers feel the need to like have a posture that is consistent with this? Like, why is Gamma walking like hunched over? The walkers aren't going to tell them apart. I know. We, you I, like you can walk straight up as long as you keep quiet. I think some of them, like Beta, slowly. doesn't hunch. Beta barely. He just kind of struts around. Like, but I think it's in case they run into humans. Right. I think that's like the they thing. don't. They do not want to give away that they aren't walkers. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that's their big element of surprise. Like when when they when they ran into survivors, you know, last season, it was like they had no idea where they were. It seemed in the comic like they had no idea where they were coming from because they blended in so well. And a couple more things I want to talk about about this episode before we talk about the big Walking Dead news that came out this week and that uh, third series that we got a look <coughs> at. Uh, just the ending of the episode. I, I, I think Greg Nicotero did such a cool job directing this. And I don't know if this goes to the script or if this is on the director or both. Very well could be an effort. It's all collaboration. Um, but the, the, the way it all ended and it tied together, I really liked the way it was intercut with the Beta and Alpha switching roles where in the present Alpha was losing her mind and in the past Beta was kind of losing his mind over whoever that guy was getting killed. He was kind of going full governor and keeping somebody alive as a zombie. Um, I thought the flipping out part was kind of cheesy. and Maybe Samantha's Morton, Samantha Morton's accent came on a little heavy sometimes and then it doesn't. She's just like, I, what was she saying when she was flipping out? I can't remember. She's not like us or she, something. Lock. She wasn't like me. It's not lock. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, She's not like me. But uh, <laughs> I thought the flipping out part was kind of cheesy, but then the way they did the parallels, it was clever. 
And then him cutting the mask off, and then it cuts from the cut, cutting the guy's face off, and then it cuts straight to him wearing that face. I thought it was very clever, and it just shows how well the how good the writing is mm-hmm. on the show right now. It's yeah. great. I mean, I think the, the writing has been so good I mean, since Angela King took over, and um, I mean, it's something I said earlier when we were watching the episode, like the callback to the the baby, the, you know, the girl who who left the baby, that might have been planned from the beginning, and it, it seems like it was. It also could have been something that they that they picked up in this season to tell the Gamma story. It's a full but Kevin either Feige way, thing. Either I way, think. they they did it so seamlessly. Like yeah. they, they pulled it off so well, and that was a big a big flaw in The Walking Dead for years was trying to touch back to things and trying to link to old stories, and it just it kind of fell flat. There was like no payoff. The most insulting attempt they ever did at that was Morales. Oh yeah. When they brought Morales back in season eight, at the end of episode eight hundred three, and then bring him in in episode eight hundred four, or it might have been eight hundred two, eight hundred three, and then just kill him. I was just like, (laughs) are you? Serious? Did y'all really like the disrespect I feel as a fan from that moment? It was great to see him again. It was cool, but why? This, why? this felt so much like the Morgan this, stuff before Morgan was a series regular. Right. When they saw Morgan a couple of times, and every time it kind of connected, you know, like the phrases and and the, the locations and the themes connected. You know, when it was him at the beginning, and then they found him when he was kind of going crazy mm-hmm. in that house, and and they set up so much and paid it off. And I think this did that with a side character that didn't you didn't think was going to matter. And I yeah. really, really love how, how they were able to write that in. I wonder if it was the same actress in there. I don't know. I don't might, know. Might I just like the story progression. I like that things are actually moving. We're not getting stalled out on episodes. Like yeah. I Honestly, halfway through the episode, I thought it was over because I got an entire story and then, oh, wait, commercial break, they're back and well, a whole other side of the story. That you say that going. is that... It, the story really didn't move forward. Yeah, if you think about it, true. it feels like it did though, yeah. which is yeah. great. Like that's the best part is the story ended at the exact same point where last week's episode ended. Yeah. I remember there was like an episode of season two of Lost started the same exact way. It started with like the raft and then uh, in the, in and Jack and Locke in the hatch. And then episode two was literally the same story, but from a different perspective. And I was so, fr- I hated it. I was like, oh, I just waited a week to go nowhere. And this Worked so well because it was a completely different story. Gave you and a flashbacks, the backstory, yeah. and it all For worked so well. And then when the satellite crashes through the sky, you're like, it, it brings it all. Together. Oh, yes. this is when and at we that are. moment you're like, oh, this is going to end with her seeing Carol. This like great. this is exactly yeah. going to end. So oh, then yeah. that's exactly where yeah. I was going. We we end with Alpha versus Carol, and I think with the story you get here, it totally changes that showdown because you know Alpha's horrible for killing Carol's son. But you kind of understand Alpha a lot more, mm-hmm. which changes that. Because last week when you see this, you're like, oh, I hate her. Just kill her off right now. Uh, Carol, kill her. And you still, I mean, I'm rooting for Alpha to not survive. Yeah. But <laughs> it's so different because you understand that that's a character who's in pain, who's doing what she's doing to survive, not just to be a villain. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and that, I think that sets up, I love how they set up her and Beta's conflict. Like, obviously, they were great at the end of the episode. Like, great. They were good with one another. But... You know, so much of the comic is the conflict that boils over from Beta thinking that Alpha's gone soft and him thinking that she is too human because she taught him all these things and he held on to them and she never really fully lost her humanity. And I'm really excited to see where that goes with this with this show. You know, to to see how that keeps playing. I'm surprised that there wasn't more of a conflict. Like he just kind of like snapped out of it so quickly. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm curious to see. how quickly the Whisperer War starts because in the books, the first issue of the Whisperer War is brutal. I mean, 
Father Gabriel gets uh, spoilers for the comics. Uh, if you're not familiar with the comics, we're going to talk about that a little bit right now. Father Gabriel gets the most brutal death in the comics, I mean, possibly ever, maybe besides Glenn. Uh, and at that point, Alpha is already dead. Negan goes off and kills Alpha. So I don't know if that's going to happen on the show. It seems like they're really pitting up, they're, they're, they're playing up the Carol-Alpha rivalry. So if they have someone else kill Alpha, I feel like fans will feel a bit cheated, but I yeah. also want to see that Negan storyline yeah. come to life. I can't imagine them killing off Alpha, like, oh, for a, I can. for a while though, right? Yeah, That's I mean, the thing. Sometimes through the season, like I could see a mid-season finale thing where it's like they're building no. this whole whisperer conflict, and then you're like, oh my god, Alpha, she's the most dangerous person, and then all of a sudden, like she's gone, and you realize just how terrifying Beta really is, yeah. and that he's truly the villain to be afraid of, um, which is what happened in the comics. And I mean, I, I think, I think it all boils down to Alpha's humanity, and that at the end of the day, Alpha still has a shred of her person. Just for her daughter. What's very interesting though is that you say the mid-season finale and I feel like it could happen before that. Really? Because Angela Kang moves this thing fast and also we have casting like princesses coming this season. Princess is a character from the comics who's just ridiculous. She wears a pink fur coat. Yeah. She's absurd but she comes after the Whisperer. Well I think think they're going to tie that not not together but it's going to kind of do some overlapping because she's more of a standalone Thing that, sure, but that, that she is introduced on the journey right. to the Commonwealth. Right. So also you have to think about Maggie's coming back this season, which is what we're going to talk about, something we're going to talk about. Thank God. We don't know where Maggie is. She's off with Georgie, probably the Commonwealth or some version of the Commonwealth. We learned that the three ring symbol from the helicopters is a sign that means three communities. Maggie is with one of those communities. TWD3, which we're going to talk about in a minute, is one of those communities. And, there are, and Rick is at another one of those communities. And they're all different. And so... Princess is obviously going to be, if if they're going to follow the comics, probably along the road to one of those communities. And we don't head to one of those communities until after the Whisperer War. But c- c- because could you imagine seeing, like, Mich- the, the group in the comics is Michonne, Sadiq, Eugene, Yumiko, Magna. I think that's it. There might have been one other person with them. And they're the ones who take the ride up to Ohio to the Commonwealth for the first time. And they meet Princess along the way. Could you see any of those characters leaving during the Whisperer War? They're not going to be able to spare no. anybody. No, I, the, the thing is, I, I don't think that the Whisperer War in the show is going to play out like the comic. Um, and I kind of so, hope not. It's certainly not going to play out like the last couple of wars have played on the show. I think this is going to be much more of a, of a Cold War type buildup where it's, it's all setting up and, and, and moving pieces behind backs and and small things. And I think we'll get one or two episodes of big conflict, but I think it's gonna it's not gonna be drawn out. Like all that war was a whole season. Yeah. Whisper war much. will last I personally I think the whole war thing will end up being an episode or two. I think I think wow. I think the what's really fun about this story and, and what can be taken from the story and what we want to see in the story is is the evolution of the survivors and how the whispers affect them and how the whispers act in and of themselves. And I think that that is all being played out around this war. And I think it'll kind of, they'll kind of intersect quickly, but in conjunction with the arrival of the Commonwealth. And I think it'll kind of move hmm. past that. And it gives them a reason to leave because the whisper threat is kind of pending. But uh, at the same I think time, be much different. Maybe Michonne leaves and on her way out, she just meets Princess and then Princess doesn't have a role in the show. Hmm. I'll give you one more. Oh, oh, oh. oh here we oh, go. Oh, here we go. Up in, in the yes. comics. In the comics. If you're, if you're only listening, Charlie moments. just sat up. <laughs> one of my favorite moments in the comics is in, in the last you know 20 issues, when they go to the Commonwealth, sure. and Michonne finds her daughter. 
that is an incredible moment in the comics. Oh my uh, god! When she first sees her comic, when she, she's going to go to the come with a fine red cross. Is she's Princess see, she's her? See, no, she, no, 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 no. She's going <laughs> to. Her story is going to end with her seeing Rick. And that's that. Mm. They're gonna, they're gonna. Like, how else do you write her off? And but then, then, how do you write the Rick movie? It's gonna take place before that. The Rick movie's gonna take place right now while all this other stuff is happening. Yeah, but so why didn't Rick come back? Because we're gonna find out in the Rick movie. Mm. That's gonna tell the story. But he's gonna say, "I have so much." To, I, I like I, I, that. I, her story is gonna end mm. with Rick saying, "I have so much to tell you." And the movie, the Rick movie, is gonna show what happened to Rick. You have to do that in a Rick Grimes accent, though. What is his accent at this point now? Because he's so much Raspy country. It's not as bad anymore. It was, it was so Carl. bad early on. Michelle. Michelle. Carl's still dead. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Carl. He's going to be like, oh, yeah. we had a son. I didn't even know. Yeah, I had no clue. I is that Shane's know. too? Or is that. Woo! Oh, shit. All right. Uh, so Maggie's nice. coming back. They announced at New York Comic Con. It was really clever. If you haven't seen the video, I think you can find the video on our website, comicbook.com slash The Walking Dead. Uh, it, it was really funny. So. They were wrapping up the Walking Dead panel, and they were doing fan questions, and this woman comes up, and she's terribly nervous. You could hear it in her voice, that her voice Aww. is cracking. And Hardwick is like, oh, great question, blah, blah, blah. And then this other person asks a question, this other woman comes up, and she's really nervous. And it, it all like it all just was hilarious. And this woman was dressed up as Negan wearing a Jason mask, <laughs> and she, was just, she asked Norman Reedus, if you could rename Dog, what would you name him? Um, and Daryl was just, Norman, Daryl. Norman was like, uh, I think I'd call him Merle, you know, because it'd be Aww. funny. Like, come here, Merle. Come here, Merle. I think Daryl would kind of enjoy being like, good boy, Merle. Uh, <laughs> and then Hardwick, like, noticed the costume and was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Can you come take a selfie with all of us? And she, like, came up on the stage and was, like, freaking out. Like, oh, my God, dropped her phone. It was really hilarious. Um, and then Hardwick, like, organized everybody for a selfie. And then the, the Jason mask came off and it was Lauren Cohen. <gasps> who sat in the crowd at New York Comic Con? Could you imagine being the fan who sat next to New York to Lauren Cohen and didn't know? You didn't like, know. You, oh my, like, I, I would hate myself. I'd never forgive myself. Um, but so that that's how they announced she's coming back. I asked Angela Kang, you know, is this a season ten thing? Is this a next year season eleven? Because the show has been renewed for season eleven. It's going to outlive us all. And she said that she's a regular for season eleven. She'll be back full time season eleven. Um, but season ten could be the beginning of it. So I think late in season 10, we'll see Maggie return. So, so this wasn't a surprise to the other cast member. It was a surprise to the cast member. Oh. They found out the day before that Lauren's coming back to the show. They found out in that moment that well, that's so that, that was then, her. Then, <laughs> then, she, then if she appears in season 10, it has to be like a standalone scene with sure, her to right. bring her back. I yeah. think season, that, what that means to me is that season 11, Whisperers are gone. This is over with. We are focusing on the larger world. We're focusing on the Commonwealth or wherever Maggie went. We're getting a whole new if, if set. If this was three years ago, my, my fear would be they were bringing in her because they have to call the Commonwealth to set up to get help for this war with the Whisperers and they're going to extend it and bring this other community into it. No. But I don't think that's, I no think way. you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think this is all done. By the time Michonne leaves, the Alpha, all of them. The, by the time Michonne leaves, I think the Whisperer war is either done or finishing. And that she's leaving with uh, about four episodes left in the in the season. When you say the Whisper War is ending, does it? Because I don't read ahead in the comics, does it result in like all of the Whisperers are wiped off the face of oh, the earth, or did they just they move gone. on? Well, Alpha's not even around for the Whisper yeah. War. Beta yeah. is like the lone survivor, and he's his death is kind of whack. I mean, and, but once he <laughs> dies, the rest of the Whisperers kind of like lose any direction. Yeah, like yeah. Beta kind of inherits the Whisperers, and then one night, like Jesus and Aaron are. Having a little campfire, loving, 
and Beta sneaks up on him, and then like one of them just stabs him in the back. Oh, and that's it. Like that's literally it. He's. Done. I hope Beta gets gets a different ending. I, I hope Daryl. I mean, Jesus and, is dead, so. You well, yeah. I hope Daryl or Aaron get to come face to face with Beta and do something about it. Because I mean, Aaron should be pretty pissed off about the Whispers because they killed Jesus, mm-hmm. and they were. Like, well, were they a thing? I don't know. I mean, if you ask Ross Mark Blonde, he'd say, I bet they hooked up. This would be a great way for them to end Negan's story, too, if they're going to the Commonwealth, because there's no way Negan can go to the Commonwealth. There's absolutely no way. Why not? Because Maggie. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, it barely works with Michonne. There's no way Maggie. I really hope we get that moment that we kind of got it when they thought Lauren Cohen might never come back, where Maggie kind of forgives him or just doesn't kill him type thing. I would love to see that fully realized comic book moment between them. Where oh, it, it'd be I nice. I just I don't know if I don't know if they yeah. can if they can pull that off at this. Also, point. Uh, and the last thing we're going to talk about today is this TWD three. They released a trailer and they don't have a title yet, so that's uh, that's a bold play. Um, I watched the trailer like four times now. I'm not tremendously impressed, to be honest with you. I feel like it looks like Freeform's The Walking Dead, and I say that. Knowing Charlie's pissed off because he's a huge fan of. Can we and then can we say it's the CW version? It's it's the the same, which is the same thing. Well, yeah, but but we don't want to touch his cloak and dagger. I think cloak and dagger. I I don't. It's fine to like shows on Freeform and CW. That's not my. That's not my bag. My point is, it looks a little bit lower budget, Mm -hmm. and it looks like it's aimed at teenagers. It does. That's my. That's my thing. And and what I think that they're missing, if that's the case, I don't know. Maybe this is just an early trailer. Maybe there's very interesting characters, but. Where I'm not here for the world of The Walking Dead. Maybe years ago, I would have been like, oh my God, there's bigger stuff out there. They've just dangled this carrot in front of us for way too long that I'm just like, I don't care anymore. I'm not interested in the world so much as I am in the characters. Yep. And that's the problem. See, I, I disagree to an extent. I do, I mean, obviously, I care about these characters. These characters sure, are go. really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we're talking about this episode, there are parts of this world that I do want to explore. But this doesn't look like one I'm of not them. saying this was it, I just mean the world in general. Like when they were in, in, the, in this episode, when they're in that psychiatric hospital, like I made the comment, like this, I would watch a whole show, like with a couple of characters set in this, you know, really low budget because it, you're in one location, you don't really have to have a, have a big budget, but a show about true, gritty, horrific survival, mm-hmm. and you know that would work. I'd be. But so you see, but what you're saying, yeah. we, we were talking about like, oh, it would be so cool to just see the zombie outbreak in a mental hospital, yeah. and what would happen, how trippy that could be. But that's just a scenario that doesn't have to be The Walking Dead. No, right? you know what I mean. It doesn't like, have to be The Walking what Dead. What I mean by the world is, I think it's cool. There are pockets of the world that will be interesting to see. It's going to be cool to see Nebraska and wherever they take it, uh, and all this different stuff that we haven't seen, and kind of shine the lights on the dark parts of this map. But it's it's like the the world itself, like the mythology of it. Like I'm not so interested really in is there a community out there is there a city out there but like aren't I'm, we getting that with commonwealth like that's exactly. what i well, don't I think, understand I think the show's gonna tie into that well it's also like one season thing maybe it just leads it looks up to like that. a coming of age yeah. story for some teenagers and i actually would have appreciated it more if it was like four little kids who were like we want to see zombies and they like take off like stranger things i mean that's essentially thing. i would what happens i would associate more with younger characters these teenagers I'm just not interested well, in like. And, and I, part of the problem is that they're taking this brand of The Walking Dead and wanting to expand it to a new audience with teenagers. Like, that's clearly their goal. Sure. But like, you're forcing it as TWD3, as a new The Walking Dead. You're not going to get new viewership on a Walking Dead spinoff 
like no one's going to care because they didn't they don't if they don't already care about the walking dead they're not going to care about this i don't i don't think and you have to market completely differently yeah, if you want to get yeah, a new audience you start from the scratch and then eventually tie it in and call it something different don't call it fear the walking dead don't yeah. call it escape the walking just call it something completely new and don't call and it the market. title they kind of want to call it which was said in the tree i won't say i'm not going to say anything because it won't be called this i don't think there's a temporary title they had tossed around and they'd say it in the trailer. It's not a good idea. A yeah, lot of yeah, people... I think, I think there are ways to do this and they're not doing it. A lot of people in the comment section of the actual trailer were like, these you know, these teens would never survive like leaving. That's just not believable in any way. I mean, I can... It's, it's kind of like when Aaron she left could, Alexandria. She threw up on a stagnant zombie. Like I think the concept is interesting though that like her father is out yeah. there trying to it reminds me of a Fallout Three when it's like he's chasing after his father in, in the wasteland trying to yeah. find his dad. But like the yeah. fact that she can't kill a walker, like I we agree. have been down this road before, right? Multiple times on both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, when you meet a character who can't kill a walker or refuses to kill somebody or says, starts gimple speak and I can't. I can't do this because of what's right and what's wrong. Mm -hmm. and no, this is right. about survival, and that's why we're watching this show. I mean, the one thing going for them, <laughs> the, the one thing I, I will say in their favor is that this is they established that it's way down the road. It's sure, you know, and, and we've seen on The Walking Dead that, that zombies have decayed and are decrepit and are less, yeah, a little less dangerous as time mm -hmm. goes on uh, when they're not being like mobilized by whispers. Um, and they're in Nebraska, where there are just like. Way less people than Atlanta and DC. True. The interesting thing about it is that if you go back to Walking Dead season two, one of my favorite moments, and this might have been one of the moments, one of the moments that helps me fall in love with The Walking Dead, is when the two guys in the bar with Herschel and Rick say, If we can't come to the farm, where are we supposed to go? And Rick says, I hear Nebraska's nice. Oh. Now we're going to Nebraska. I wonder if that was intentional. Uh, but that's where we will end after the dead today, everybody. Uh, please. If you want to join the conversation, we would love to talk with you guys on social media. Uh, use the hashtag after the dead. Uh, take a screenshot of us. Post it on Instagram. Use hashtag after the dead. We will search it and come comment. I promise we will. Uh, or do it on Twitter and, and you can hit us up directly. Uh, you can find me at Brandon Davis BD. You can find me at, uh, at Janelle Wheeler. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. And you can also watch Janelle on Twitch. She like yeah. makes cupcakes and stuff. I play really video fun. games. Oh, no, I also like kill walkers. I've played The Walking Dead on stream. Oh, that was go. super fun. Well, yeah, if you need a little extra entertainment, I suggest <laughs> that as well. Stay tuned to comicbook.com slash The Walking Dead for interviews and all kinds of breakdowns and everything. And uh, share our After the Dead podcast. Please leave us a five-star review if you had a good time. If you can find a way to leave a six-star, that's cool too. Uh, that'll help us, uh, I don't know, whatever we need help with. And I don't know, get the, it's good to have people listen. And we can keep do cool, doing cool stuff and get guests on here and uh, you know the spiel that Kofi gives on our Comic Book Nation podcast I don't know listen to us Google Plus the Polar Express your, uh, YouTube I don't know uh, you can <laughs> listen to us wherever podcasts are available so do that too BD out now streaming on Paramount Plus you ready Bob well, is a raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.